0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to RobCast 205. And uh, I was trying to figure out what to call this one, and I think I'm going to call it What Happens Every Six Months. Although by the end of this episode, it might be called something different. For right now, we're calling it What Happens Every Six Months. I've been trying to figure out for a while how to do this episode um how to structure uh, how to structure it, how to organize it how to get at the ideas um but i think i, I think i've cracked it so we're gonna go for it and we and we'll see where it takes us and this episode flows out of the last episode 204 where i introduced you to this idea of manuha this idea of rest this idea of the divine rest how creation is not complete until you've enjoyed and celebrated that which has been created. Uh, By the way, as usual in the summer here, it is screaming hot, so doors are open, I have fans going, so if you hear buzzes, if you hear my neighbor's dogs, if you hear the fan over in the corner, um, if any of the audio feels a little wonky, that's because this is just, um, this is how we do things here. (laughs) And then uh, tour, my uh, Grand Rapids, Detroit, and Toronto friends. I am coming your way this week, August 23rd, 24th, 25th, and 26th. Uh, the first Grand Rapids show sold out, so they added a show the day before. And then Detroit, um, I've only done one tour stop uh, ever in Detroit. And then... After that, Toronto, my second time, maybe second, third time coming to Toronto. So um, tickets for those, there's a couple tickets left, are all at robbell.com. And then um, my new play, also called My First Play, um, we're doing readings in mid-September, a workshop reading, which is when like a cast of actors essentially read through the play, and we're going to show you drawings of what the stage would look like in full production. We're going to show you pictures of costuming. Um, the director, Kristen Hangy, and I are going to walk you through sort of the setting, the background of the play. And this is the first um, time I get to tell you that the one of the leads will be read by Pete Holmes. <laughs> I know. If you're already smiling at Pete Holmes as one of the main characters in a play I wrote, trust me, I've been smiling for a couple of years on this, and then uh, a little bit down the road, you'll be finding out about some of the other people, um, actors and actresses, who will be um, doing the workshop reading. The the play is called What's a Nucka, and all of that info is at my site. But now, here we go, my friends. What Happens Every Six Months, working title for this episode. Um, and I want you, in some ways, I feel in some odd way like this is telling you a secret. Although it's not a secret, it's wisdom and truth and insight that's been around, as you've heard me say, a thousand times. It's been around for thousands of years um, But we actually need it more than ever because so many in our world simply haven't been tuned into this. Um, So this idea started uh, a while ago, like, uh, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago. Kristen and I uh, just became aware that our life wasn't sustainable. And we had stumbled into this ancient idea of Sabbath, not as a day off, but as a day in which you begin to think about time and materiality different. A day in which you enter in, they talk about a cathedral in time, not space. It's like a space in the flow of time that you enter into in which you think about time differently. So we began, uh, we started on Saturdays, we would, uh, and I know I've done a number of episodes on this, We, we would simply ask the question, what feeds your soul? And what is it that would make this day different than other days? Um, and at first we got really depressed because we get addicted to adrenaline. We get addicted to moving. We get add- that hit. You check your phone, you have more texts. You check your phone and there's even more emails. And it's like, oh, but it's also, oh, you know, it's like you're, you have this conflict with your machines because they're giving you this constant hit of like brain chemicals. And it feels good to be needed and wanted and people trying to get a hold of you. Um, but then you spend a day away from all that madness and it exposes the madness of the other six days. So that summarizes years of practice and learning. Um, but gradually, this idea of a rhythm of life—a six and one rhythm—began to be more and more normal. Till we weren't like depressed and comatose on Saturday afternoon, but we we were we were finding new levels of life and energy. And it's almost like the six and one rhythm begins to be hard hardwired into you. And then what happens? when this rhythm starts uh, to become the natural pace of your life is you find yourself, it's like the day after is like the start of a whole, it's a whole, whole new week, but it's a whole new way. Uh, it's very, it's hard to describe without getting very mystic, very mystical very quickly. But then I noticed something else. And uh, this is what I want to explore with you in this episode. I noticed as I began to pay attention 2005, 2006, 2007, but then really like 2011, 2012, 2013, I noticed that every six months I would not want to do my Rob Bell work. That's probably the best way to say it. I would start to, to feel this, uh, like an inner welling up, like a voice that, that would start to get louder and louder that would be like, stop talking stop talking because what I, cause writing and talking and communicating and shaping things is what I do. But I began to notice that this, um, this rhythm started to come and it felt like it was about every six months. I would get so, uh, uninterested in what I do. (laughs) So like zero mojo, zero energy, um, I remember in a previous life, um, I was a pastor in a church, and I remember after one of the Christmas services, so this is like end of December, I remember one of the other people who was doing the service with me just being like, man, that just feels like you phoned it in. And I got angry, like I did not phone it in, I gave it everything I had, and later I was like, I totally phoned it in. It's like something within me was just like, you're done, stop, stop talking, stop creating, stop making things. And so gradually, 2011, 2012, I started listening to that. And when at towards the end of the year, uh, let's say like end of end of December, I would just follow it where it leads. And all the ideas would sort of shrivel up. All of my, and then I'm going to make this, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to create this, and then I'm going to write. Would It just like would just go away. And what I noticed is I would get a few days into it, maybe a week into it. It's almost like picture a boat tied up to a dock, and then you're just gradually untying all the ropes until you're just floating out there. And I would notice that I would get to this point where I would think about the work that I do in the world. And I would be like, that is strange. I do what? (laughs) Do you see how I was like trying to figure out how to communicate all this? I I noticed that I would think, I would have thoughts like, wait, somebody hands me a microphone and I, I talk about like depth and spirit and mystery and the divine and And forgiveness? Wait, what? And people listen? What? Wait, 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 hold on. I would literally find myself, it's almost like interviewing myself. Wait, you sit alone and type words out of your head, and then somebody binds it into a book, and they put it in store? What? It's seriously the most surreal, odd, almost like standing at a distance from your own life. And I would notice that I would think, I don't have anything to say. I, maybe, it's, maybe it's over. Like, the, I, there don't seem to be any new ideas. I mean, I remember doing that and really enjoying it and feeling like it was putting some good into the world, but I, I, uh, going forward, huh, I wonder what that's about. I, that doesn't seem like some. And then, if I followed it as far as it took me, there would come this day when I would have like a thought, like, oh, that's an interesting idea. Or something would happen and I would think, oh, I like that story. And actually that story reminds me of that text. And that text reminds me of this truth. And that truth reminds me of this thing that happened to me when I was 16. And and that reminds me of, of another story. And that reminds me of something Jesus said. And all of a sudden, this thing would start to come back and then... I'd find myself going back and making things and back in the groove. And I tell you that because I noticed that it would, be, it, would, it would happen in the summer and then it would happen at the end of the year in the middle of winter. And I also tell you that because it happened again this summer. Um, I did a UK tour and then came home and then was like, I don't really feel like talking. I don't really have anything to say. I don't really have any new... Ideas, and then I went off the grid for a while, and it happened again. This strange sort of, wait, what again? I do. How does that work? Uh, I I I use that. I would be in. I would walk through the back house and be like, wait, that microphone. I like come up with stuff and say it into the microphone, and then like somehow through the interwebs it goes to my friends around the world, that is a weird thing to do with your time. And that's your work in the world? What? <laughs> it's the strangest, strangest phenomenon. It's almost like walking away from it, uh, letting go. My kids call it capital R, capital B, Rob Bell, like that Rob Bell out there. It's like leaving that guy by the side of the road. It's like dropping it, releasing it, letting it go, walking away. And if you do that, if I do that, and I just let it happen, I don't fight it. I don't go, oh, I didn't, need I didn't get any work done today. I just follow it. I just, I like let all the ropes fall into the water as the boat sort of floats away from the dock. If I just, if I don't fight it, and I noticed the first few days, I'll fight it. I'll be like, man, didn't get anything done today. Wasn't very productive. Man, man, there's so many. If I just let, and it's like each year, which is why I'm talking about it now, each summer, each winter, I get a little more tuned into it. Like, oh yeah, that's what's happening here. Stop talking. Stop talking, Rob Bell. <laughs> you know nothing, Rob Bell. Um, then at some point, it starts to come back. Uh, it's like a Sabbath rhythm, but not a six and one weekly rhythm, but it's like a five and one monthly rhythm or five and two-thirds rhythm. And then there's a you see what I'm saying? There's like a there's like a another rhythm. And this is the thing, uh, and I've talked about this a lot with uh Business leaders, spiritual leaders, uh, creative folks, people. Um, when I've uh, have done events around work is uh, and being a parent and running a business and working in a school, all that is you have to find your rhythms um, because there are like daily rhythms, weekly rhythms, maybe there are monthly. Then there are also these larger, larger, larger like macro rhythms of year and multi-year. And, and it's like you have to listen to what your body, soul, spirit, brain, you have to listen to what it's telling you because I guarantee you there are rhythms in there. If you were to just take a blank calendar of the year and look at it, I bet you could identify some larger patterns and rhythms. Or if you have a a long-term partner, I bet your partner could identify yours, could say, oh yeah, you always are a wreck in September or whatever. My experience is that a lot of people are just used to all you know is go, 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 but it's the person next to you who can spot those rhythms even better. Now, Let's take this then, and let's explore this in light of last week's Manuha and this poem that the Bible begins with, Genesis 1, because in the poem, the poem is about this explosive, diverse creation, and then the poem is about the divine resting. Now, whether you believe in God or not, hang with me here, because in this poetry, there is something I find absolutely compelling that I'd never connected before. Because there is this thing in your life, in my life, there is this paradox. There is this tension, this polarity that we all carry around between what we can control and what we can't. That which, when our hand is on the wheel, we can actually steer, and that which exists outside of our power, will, and dominion. That which is simply going to do what it's going to do. And what's interesting about the Genesis poem is the image that you're given of the divine, is first off, the divine takes great joy in making things, that joy is the engine of creation and diversity. Come on, So good. But then the divine resting. and there's all sorts of, obviously, speculation on what the poet means and what's going on there. But for the first time, working through Manuha and then thinking about the own rhythms and patterns of my life, it's as if the divine takes a day to make peace with what the divine can't control. Because the six days are about control. It's about creativity. It's about action. It's about power. It's about dominion. It's about making things like you and I. But then the divine resting, it's almost like the divine rests as a way of allowing creation to be what it's going to be. Now this is called Midrash. This is like dancing with the text. This is speculation. That's what you do with great sacred texts is you go over them and over them. It's like you hold them loosely so that you can dive into them. Um, It's like you're delicate with them so that you can dance with great passion with them. And what I noticed years and years ago when I started practicing like a six-in-one rhythm of life is on Sabbath, often what would happen is there'd be a stillness. I wouldn't be confronted with the constant buzz of things to do and places to go and lists of things to accomplish. And I would notice things would begin to come to the surface, like painful conversations that happened on a Tuesday at 3 p.m., but you also had a meeting at Tuesday at 4 p.m. and then something at 5 p.m. And so you just sort of moved on. I would just move on um, without... It's like you just push it down and keep going, but I noticed that what would happen on Sabbath is all the things that got skipped over, that I skimmed across, that got pushed down, would come up. I would sometimes find myself reliving some awkward confrontation, some truth that I didn't want to hear, that I heard, but I just kept going because, oh, don't want to deal with that. And then on Sabbath, it would come up, uh, and I would. I, to this day, I find myself saying these prayers like... That got torn, please mend it. That got broken, please fix it. Um, that got pulled apart, please bring it back together. Uh, I would find these like Sabbath prayers of, on this day, I need to be put back together. I need to be re-created. I need the healing from everything that happened <laughs> the previous six days, which I'm sure you can relate to. It's like you spend a day and all these things come up, and then you can give them the space they need, and you can give them their full expression. If you need to be sad, if you need to grieve, if there are things that you didn't stand in proper awe and wonder about, uh, then you do that. But at a deeper level, what I noticed is on Sabbath, when you stop—it's like when you take your hand off the wheel— one of the things that happens is you are forced to come to terms with all of the ways you've been trying to control things that aren't allowing you to control them. Because once again, there is this paradox at the heart of being human. There is that which you can control and that which you can't. And, and maturity, wisdom comes from making peace with the tremendous power you have and the powerlessness you have. And what's fascinating to me about the divine resting is one of the the great sort of mid you can do with that is just say, even the divine takes a day to make peace with this wild, passion, explosive creation that's going to do what it's going to do. If you've ever loved somebody, there's a risk in that because this person may reciprocate, they may not. If you ever started anything new, business art, a family, if you have kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There is that which you can control, and then there is this dimension that you simply can't control. They're going to become who they're going to become. They're going to make decisions that are going to go who knows which direction that extend way beyond your power to manipulate and control. It's like you take a day A week to make peace with the freedom that creation has to be whatever it wants to be. You take a day to make peace with the fact that these people around you, some of them you love so much, they're autonomous, free human beings. They are not puppets. They are not robots. And sometimes we get our claws in. We get our joy tied up. In our happiness, tied up in them doing, saying, becoming, acting, making decisions that fit our pre-approved guidelines. And it's what happens often on Sabbath is you become aware of all the ways in which you've given other people power and control over your joy. And so uh, the divine rests. you enter into the manuha the rest of things. And part of that is you rest from all that toiling and controlling and hyperventilating and overriding all of the illusion that somehow everything ultimately reports to you. Which is why Sabbath always takes you into a different relationship to time, people, space, and events you come to see yourself within a much larger spectrum and horizon of creation. Now, there is an energetic dimension to this, because if you don't have these moments, these moments when you let it go, release it, walk away, drop it, these moments when you turn off the computer, oftentimes what happens, I would call this the buildup. Let's see if this sounds familiar. It's when you've been pushing, striving, producing, trying to get something to go in a certain direction. And this energetic dimension builds up a frustration, um, an anxiety. It's like you aren't holding it with an open palm, but you're starting to white-knuckle it. You're starting to grasp it. It's grasping energy. And grasping energy is very different from open-palmed receiving energy, generous energy, um, energy that's listening to what spirit is up to. It's like there can become this energetic feedback where you're frustrated with this person because they're not making the decisions you think they should make. They feel it, so then it comes back to you because they're not. that doesn't open anybody up. A kid can pick this up from 100 yards away. And this, uh, this grasping, energetic vortex, you can get sucked way down. You're trying to get this business to conform to your, the ideas in your head about how it is supposed to be, but the market, the environment, other businesses, what clients, etc., they aren't conforming to how you decided it was going to be a long time ago. Don't they know you're in charge of the universe? <laughs> your partner doesn't see it exactly the way you do, how dare they? And so you've been pushing, striving, grasping, trying to, by sheer force of will, get them to see it how you see it. Because of course you're right. And the power of Manuha, the power of this rhythm, is you drop it, you walk away, you release it, you let it go, in order to break that feedback loop, in order to end it. Sometimes it's our ego. The ego needs something. We need it to be successful. We need We need that kid to be certain things so that then it validates all of our effort and people see that we've been successful. Um, the ego clings to this. Uh, the ego clings to identity. I need this to go a certain way because then that will be then attached to me, that will be on the, the plaque outside my door and I'll be able to post that online and everybody will know then that of course, you know, um, you know I've got it going on. The uh, oftentimes the success of something, the ego is so invested, is grasping to how it looks, how it sounds to others. Sometimes it's the body The body, uh, you've got nervous, we we get these nerves and tension, these patterns where we are tense around this person, this task, this job, this whatever it is, and the body has just built up this low-grade tension. Uh, Sometimes it's the heart. You care so much about this that it's like if you care enough, And you keep caring, and you can begin to care too much. And then uh, all sorts of other things get attached to your care for it. We go back to ego. And uh, what I noticed is that I can't care all the time. If I care all the time, now obviously there's things like being a parent, etc. But uh, obvious disclaimers aside, uh... The heart can only care so much, and then sometimes it needs a break. Sometimes it needs, like, a release valve. Um, There's this great line in the stories of Jesus where more and more people are coming to hear him, and they want him to heal them, and he's giving all these teachings, and they're literally following him into remote, desolate places. And at one point, it says Jesus withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. Well, um, if you read that now, you're like, wait, 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 wait. The crowds are getting bigger than ever. Why is he withdrawing to a lonely place? This is the point where you build a website. You add a service. <laughs> you, you don't withdraw. Um, doesn't he care? I thought, if this is the divine incarnation of compassion, then how come so many times he's like, hey, let's get out of here. Or he says to his disciples, get me a boat. Um, or he, they just can't find him. They literally, where'd he go? Uh, he just withdrew to a lonely place. He's out of here. While all you were sleeping, he got up and got, he got away from you. I hope you're getting the message here. (laughs) Why at the peak, when everything is building more than ever? uh, At some level, perhaps it's because that's what the heart needs sometimes. You need to drop it, release it, walk away, let it go. So that, at some point, you can return, which takes us back to that poem, the divine rests, the divine creates, and then the divine rests, Shabbat, Sabbaths ceases from creating. Um, By the way, second story from a long time ago today, Uh, years ago in another life, I was part of this, in the church where I was preaching, there was a group of us whose responsibility was planning the services, and... Um, one of the mottos of one of the people on this team of people who are planning the services is they would talk about doing 52 fantastic Sundays every year. Like, every Sunday has to be awesome. Um, and I remember I, I would chafe against that phrasing, like, 52... And, and I'm fine with it. It's great. We, we were trying to do good work. But I remember one time realizing, I don't care 52 Sundays a year. <laughs> I remember literally like thinking about it, like the analytics on it. I can probably care 42 times a year. I remember literally trying to put a number. What's the number that my heart can handle? I think I can care 43 times. I mean, obviously I care in the larger sense and obviously I'm committed. Um, I can't care all the time. Um, I remember I just couldn't do it. And uh, I remember that like, Sometimes I would be giving sermons like every Sunday, week after week after week. And then I would, something would happen where I would start to, uh, something would build up in me. Like, I don't really want to be doing this. And I was like, wait, but this is what I love. And I would become so conflicted. Like, this is what I'm here to do. Why is it this thing that I'm here to do is killing me? And I just love to be doing something else right now. Not this. And perhaps you've had this experience. It's this, deeply counterintuitive troubling thing that happens when the thing that is like man this is your contribution this is what you're here to do is the thing that you would like to do less than anything else on the planet at this moment and perhaps it's because you can't care all the time i was actually thinking about calling this episode the absolute necessity importance of not caring all the time (laughs) can the heart do it And what I I began to realize is there is something built into the very fabric of creation where on a regular basis at some level you drop it, you walk away, you untie all the ropes and let the boat float away so that you can come back to shore. There is something built into creation where it can't just be a continuous straight line up and to the right. There is a rhythm built into everything including the compassion and care that flows out of that beautiful heart of yours now let's talk about motivational speakers for a minute because there is a very powerful thing in the air right now there is an instagrammable meme-worthy zeitgeisty thing that you see in the air which is man Every day. It's every day, bro. You got to want it. You got to go at it. You got to give your best every single day. You got it, which is all beautiful. Um, but some of this every single day, you got to be in peak form, top of your game, give 110%, um, sort of the CrossFit spirituality. You understand what I'm talking about. Um, What's interesting about this is it's important to see all of that developmentally because lots of people are like, man, I can't do a thousand sit-ups every day. Okay, let's talk about that for a second because it's incredibly important developmentally to understand how many of those messages which you are seeing on billboards, you are Instagram clips, that short, um, beautiful, motivational thing about how bad do you want it, make your difference, live a legacy, you, you, all that. Um, It's incredibly important developmentally if you've been slacking and you come from a world or a culture where everybody takes the easy route. Those sorts of messages are absolutely necessary to give your best, to discipline yourself, to uh, at some level postpone gratification. Sometimes you override your feelings. No, there's things to get done. Um, But what happens... So that can be that is a beautiful developmental step for many people of like wait I have this life it's sacred it's holy it matters I should give myself to some things um, discipline I should think about exercise I think about good sleep I should eat better I should I should I should have a work ethic excellent this is all beautiful the problem is when that eradicates any sense of rhythm um, some days you don't go 110 percent. Some days you don't give it everything you have. Some days you turn all the engines off. Sometimes uh, you unplug the machine from the wall. Uh, Some days you don't sweat till the job's done. You live like the job is done even if it isn't. Sabbath is a day when the work is done even if it isn't. There is a ceasing, there is a manuha that you practice. And what you discover is the people who this becomes a regular rhythm, whether it's a 6 and one whether it's a couple times a year, whether it's every three years, however that works, um, is when you come back, you have resources. When you begin to live in a more sustainable fashion, you walk away, you drop it. When you come back, you have such incredibly renewed resources. Your vitality, vitality is in such a better place. Like we all know when there's problems with your computer, you turn it off and then you turn it back on. This happened to me just the other day. I couldn't get something to work and so I called my guy. You gotta have a guy who knows everything and he's like uh once you just tu- first off just turn it off and turn it back on and i was embarrassed like oh my word if this is what fixes it i will be mortified i turn it back on it works fine and i had to do you know the thing on the phone where you're like yeah that fixed it and he's like all right usually does <laughs> so oh my word please tell me you know what i'm talking about yeah there's a rebooting it's it's like the thing that works with your computer is a thing that works with your soul so A couple of questions, a couple of ways uh, to wrap this up. Is there any area? Is there any task? Is there any act? Is there any work? Is there any project? Is there anything that you have built up that toxic energetic loop of trying to control it, trying to manipulate, trying to just force it? Trying to power it into place and it's not working, and you're frustrated. They're frustrated. You're not getting progress. And the way that you break the cycle is you uh, you let it go. You release it. You walk away. You drop it. Uh, you got to undo that loop. Um, yeah, maybe even with a person, you you take a half day. You take a day. You take two hours. You take a week, and you get some distance, however that looks, so that you can come back. Uh, Who knows? The word Sabbath comes from this word ceasing, also has relation to the word sitting instead of standing there. Like how many of us were standing over the thing? We're hovering over the person. We're looming large over them. No wonder things aren't going well. We are so desperate to shape this thing into a certain thing that it, she, him, they don't want to become. And all we're doing is making it worse. And to Shabbat, to Sabbath, the rhythm is to sit down. Maybe it's even the the menuha in your heart. Yeah, yeah. It's like you gotta walk away. You know, obviously, the, the, if you love something, set it free is a cliche, but some cliches are cliches for a reason. It's because there's something true in there. <laughs> Sometimes something gets stitched onto pillows and tattooed on people's arms, and they make bumper stickers out of it because it's true. <laughs> uh, and, and interestingly enough, the more 6 and one has become a rhythm in my life, and the more I became aware of this every six months, I just got to walk away from doing Rob Bell stuff. (laughs) Um, The twist on all of this, which I probably shouldn't even bring up in this episode, is if you want to be productive, then give up all production goals and just walk away on a regular basis. Um, When I was in Brazil, I left knowing... I had just come out of a, a, a stretch there. I don't know what it was, 20 days of just way out there, um, not just off lost in my own world with my family. Um, my notebook of all my ideas for future Robcasts and a whole, uh, my next novel, um, all these different ideas I'm working on, I l- left that notebook in Brazil. I don't know where it is. Um, yeah, so, so I am holding a brand new notebook. It, it's like the unit, it's like the good Lord said, we're even going to start with a new notebook just to make it clear. Um, and this is why I say this. If you want to be productive, if you want new ideas, if you, uh, honestly, if you want to get more done, walk away. And I, and, and I realize in different settings that means different things. Some people are like, wait, I, I just can't say to my boss, I get it. I get it but figure out some what it means for you to let it go in some way. I'm telling you, you do that. Even a couple hours, a half day, a day, two days, all of your vacation days duct taped together in one long suit, however that works for you, you, uh, you drop it. And, and more, once again, everything is spiritual. It's less about the hours and more about the posture of the heart. You walk away from that. And you come back and, uh, you will then know what I'm talking about, which is why I began by talking about, this isn't a secret. Cause I don't want to be all like the secret manifests to you, but it actually is, it's built into the fabric of creation. You want to make some cool stuff. <laughs> you want to get some stuff done, have a regular practice of dropping it and walking away and things will happen. Um... And I know, I know that this is the woo-woo portion of the Robcast, but uh, it's important to say, which leads me to those of you who are creatively stuck. Perhaps uh, you're trying to make something, build something, create something. Maybe it's just simply trying to get along with somebody and make a home together. Um, and oftentimes what happens is we assume that the solution is in here. And by in here, I mean close. If we just muscle it more, if we just throw more energy and frustration and toxic energy at it, if we just grip it tighter, if we just grasp it, if we just prove how bad we want it, then some magical solution, idea, path forward will show up. But the problem is with that loop, is that loop, the more you are in grasping energy, holding it tighter and tighter, tighter. The problem with that loop is it less and less and less is open to outside stimulus, solution, and ideas. See how that works? So oftentimes what happens is you have to drop it and walk away because your vision, you are trying to get this person, this team, this group of people, this paragraph, this project, this song, whatever it is, you're trying to get it to work to make sense, to flow, to see it how you see it, whatever it is. But the problem is grasping energy has less and less and less imagination. Its creativity is actually diminishing because it is looking to a narrower and narrower and narrower and narrower scope. But when you drop it, when you walk away, uh, you're now looking in all these different places and who knows what you might stumble into. Sometimes the answer is just to sit there and gut it out. Sometimes I've had a number of things where the answer is just to sit, even with a person, you have to just sit there and talk it all through. And it's just exhausting. And you have to let them say things that are so painful, but true. And you have to listen when you don't want to listen. You have to, you have to, uh, I mean, I've had projects where you have to just make the next paragraph and you don't want to make the next paragraph. You want to go play with the other kids in the neighborhood, right? But you got to type the next paragraph. Um, But, when you enter into the great rhythm of creation more and more and more and more, you'll sense, it's like, you'll develop radar for grasping energy. You'll be like, whoa, 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 I don't do this. I don't force things that aren't letting themselves be forced. I don't try to convince people to go places they don't want to go. I, I don't try to make things happen when nothing is happening and you walk away, you go get a drink, you untie the boat and just drift out for a while. Uh, the number of times when it's you set it down and you walk away and then you stumble into the thing and you come back. And all of a sudden, the thing that wasn't there is there. I don't know how it works. And I know a number of you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's very, very hard to explain. It exists in the non-rational depth of what it means to be a human being. But it's true. We have thousands of years of people witnessing to this. For six days, it's an explosion of diversity and creativity. And then rest. Manuha. Nothing. Nothing like those previous six days. So what we get to do is we get to mirror and mimic this rhythm. It's like a song with a beat. And so uh, we enter into this great manuha, this rest. It's an actual thing. And, uh, we walk away. You and at first you're like, this is the dumb what am I doing? I need and then you, you, you just stick to it and things happen. Okay. Things happen. And and it humbles you because you come face to face with that which you can control and how much you can't. And then when you hear people talk about things like flow, when you hear things people talk about things like spirit on the move, you begin to know what they're talking about. Your your Connecting with energy, vitality, life, guidance, truth, direction—that is so much bigger, smarter, wiser, more imaginative than you. It's so humbling and so invigorating. Yeah. So that's what that's what happens to me every six months. Is I I man I go way out there, and uh, what is it again? I literally like wait what the Robcast? And then I come back. And uh, we'll now go for a stretch here. And the ideas start to come in my blank notebook. (laughs) And then we're back at it again. That's how it works. Um, That's how it works. Yeah. So, my brothers and sisters, may you experience the divine rest. May you experience the rhythm baked into the very fabric of creation. May you develop this radar, this sense of being tuned into spirit to identify grasping energy when you haven't made peace with your control and lack of control in, within creation. And may you sometimes, may you know when to drop it, walk away, release it, let it go. And may you trust that at some point you'll come back. And when you come back, there will be new creation. And may grace... And peace be with you every step of the way.